0: I met Lilia Sevich in Lille, France in 2017, when I was doing a talk for a large company. She and I have kept in touch ever since. Lilia is in Ukraine, and we are talking about what it takes to move through really adverse and tough conditions as someone who has been dealing with war.
1: Lilia, what's going on in your environment right now? Hi, Donna. Thank you for this opportunity. Yes, now I'm in Kiev. I am Human Resources Director of one of Ukrainian Diverse holding. My company gave me possibility to to use a hybrid type of work. So I'm moving between Ukraine, between Ireland and Italy, where my family is. Now I'm in Kiev. It's dark already, but dark generally because the old city try to save the energy. We do not use it like we used before the war. For example, sometimes it's really dangerous to walk in some areas because the city tried to save electricity, try to save power. Today we had only one air ride siren, but if we will have the air ride siren again, of course, I should move to bomb shelter. It looks like now Russians use these dark, maybe to scare us. They use all drones during the night. Not like a military special action because if they organize special military actions, they do it during the day and they are fighting with our army. The last days we had, especially during New Year, because of course we try to celebrate New Year. I spent these holidays, Christmas and New Year holidays in Kiev. During the night, we had quite a lot of bomb shelling. Sometimes we spend in bomb shelter, but sometimes bomb shelter off too far so we try to use the space in between two walls. We receive instruction from our different national authorities how to save ourselves. Uh, it's a reality. it's our life. Sometimes we have a special application which informed us that okay, now it's air yeah, right siren, When you check my application or application of all Ukrainians, you can see that, for example, during the days, we have some air rights errands, and we have a special this time when we should go to the bombshell during four hours, three hours, two hours. It means that all this time we we should spend in a safe place. in the beginning, it was really dramatically difficult for us. Because when we go to bomb shelter, we really didn't understand what is happening outside in our streets. It's one reason why at the beginning of the war, I left Kiev 5th of March. Because I heard shooting in my neighbor street. And of course, we didn't have information. Now we have not a lot of information because I do understand it's also a question of our security and TB hidden information from us, not all, only from us, from other people just to protect us. But when I heard the shooting in my neighbor's street, I decided maybe to move to Lviv, but I hope to come back to Kiev. You know, nobody believed that we have it. It was like a nightmare. Even now, when we discussed with my colleagues, we have an impression that we are watching a movie. And tomorrow we wake up, and everything will be okay, like before. But in this reality, we are living quite here. And it's, yes, it's, it's our reality. We try to adopt, but anyway, we still have a hope that it will be finished. Nearest time.
0: And you and I talked the other day about the night bombing, which is more of a terrorist activity to psychologically defeat the Ukrainian people. Is that still going on?
1: Yeah, uh, during the night we had some bomb shelling, and during the day, all our days are really strange because in the morning we try immediately when you wake up, try to take a shower because it would switch out electricity. Or for example, if it will be the air right siren, you should of course immediately go to bomb shelter or to occupy your place in a corridor between two walls to protect yourself. It's like a Hollywood cartoon. You <laughs> do everything very fast. All day look like this. Okay, I will do it very fast, something like this. Or I will not spread, for example, my stuff around my office. I try to keep everything in my table just to be able to collect everything in one minute to put into the bag and go out. Yeah, and now these days we have quite... Come situation around us, but you know inside. Each second you are waiting for something, and when we are listening to these air yeah, raids, right, we just thinking, "Oh my God!" Again, just thinking, "Okay, we have a special channels. Our Ministry of Defense supports, I suppose, is volunteering job, and some people informing us if." We have bombshelling around us because we are informed that, for example, airplanes are close to the border to Ukraine. If we have this urgent information, of course, we understand that the okay, situation is really urgent and it's really dangerous. We collect everything and go immediately to bombshell. Yeah, but now these days, it's like quite more or less, okay, we just had special celebration of New Year, but now it's quite today was okay. We had only one air, right? Serendu in three hours. You and I talked
0: before all this started and it's not the first time Russia has tried to meddle with Ukraine. What signals did you see that told you to have a
1: plan to escape? with your family, your son? I suppose all world were in the situation when in December, our Ministry of Foreign Affairs and our president, they met U.S. president and U.S. Um, governors. And uh, they informed that, okay, you need to be careful because we have a lot of accumulation of armed forces of Russia not so far from your borders. But I think it's also maybe our mentality tried to protect us. Mm, we didn't believe in it because we had a long history, common history with Russia. Not fruitful, of course. Mm, we depend from Russia during 300 years. In fact, we have a war since 2014. It's really difficult to realize because everybody decided, okay, Russia took some territory. It's a territory in Donetsk-Lugansk. It's always a question, historical question. Is it really Ukrainian territory or is it Russian territory? It was like a discussion around this, but now we can see that they try step by step to pick up a lot of our territories. At the beginning of this year, We had more and more public rumors that maybe it could be the war or it could be the invasion. It could be something from Russia. Maybe my mother instincts pushed me to give some instruction to my son because he had the holidays. And 14th of February, he was coming back from Kiev to Lviv because he's a student of Ukrainian Catholic University. And when he was collecting his stuff, I remember about this discussion. Of course, I had some anxiety inside and I had some questions. I gave him passports because we have a special passports for foreign trips. I gave him passports and some family treasures, of course. And I explained him, okay, just for any case, because now we have a lot of rumors. Lviv is closer to the border. You will be closer to the borders, and thanks God, it's leave and I stay in Kiev, and I hope everything will be okay. It was 14 of February, but 24 February in the morning, at six, my colleague called me, and she had a so calm voice, and she just asked me, "Did you hear it?" Because she was born in Luhansk, and she explained to me that I already had this picture in front of my eyes and I remember how it's happened and she told me that Russia started to bomb us the war has began I couldn't believe because the morning I have heard something like sound maybe something happened with the car you know all of us, we didn't have an experience to understand, to make a difference between the sounds of the war, sounds of the bombshell. We remember different sounds, but not this one. Our mental system tried to protect us. The first reaction was freezing. Really, I couldn't understand. And it also remind me of a situation when I was 21 years old, when my dad died. And my mom called to my friends and I was sleeping. Parents of my friends, they answered to the phone. And uh, the first word I have heard, it was like, Lila's dad is died. Are you sure? I have heard it, but I decided, okay, I need to sleep because it's a bad dream. I will sleep. And when I will wake up, everything will be okay. And everybody will be alive and everything going on like normal life. But frankly speaking, I couldn't sleep (laughs) because I understood that these sounds are closer and closer and I have heard it often and often. Wow. Okay. So
0: what I want to do is just trace a bit this process. When you realized you had to leave, what did you do and what path did you take? You've clarified the difference between migrant and refugee, but as a refugee, what path did you take?
1: Yeah. Before the war, we also have a lot of information about how to prepare your emergency bag. And of course, um, I had some stuff close one to another one, but I didn't prepare, of course, like emergency but like it should be, but I did it very fast. (laughs) First, I moved to Lviv. This trip took three days. Usually it takes six hours because we have a good road. But it took for me three days because we had a lot of cars. And of course, part of the road has been blocked. And we had a lot of checkpoints. It's also a new phenomena for us that some people, they are not policemen. They are not soldiers, military officers. But they stopped you, asked, please open your car and check. It was... Also a bit scary because I took some money and documents from my friends and I should deliver them. One of my friends explained, it's crazy to have a trip alone to the west of Ukraine and after that to West Europe. No, you should stay in Kiev because it will be more safe. Uh, but I decided to move and my sister called me and explained, Look, you need to think also about your family because your mom and your son are really, really worry very, very much really I didn't think okay what I'm going to do just after the crossing of the border because on that time I was just thinking okay what I have to do now who I am where I am yes I'm Lila (laughs) Savage now there is a war it's the first time in my life I just need to know what I have to take with me to prepare luggage to put into the car and to go I spent one week in Lviv with my friends. And after that, I decided to go to Warsaw. I didn't know really what I am going to do because uh, we didn't have a lot of information um, how European countries will accept us. And there are a lot of people who moved already abroad during the first days. They created a lot of different groups in social media, in social networks, and a lot of channels which really were helpful with some instruction, what you have to do. After that, I realized that there are some groups organized by country. For example, if you are going to Germany, you need to find a group in Germany. And after that, people created groups in different cities of Germany. It was really helpful. But first, when I arrived to my Polish friends, they welcomed me and they explained, okay, you should stay one week with us because you need to stabilize yourself we never saw you like this you are okay but but something is happening my first intention was to see my family to see my son to see my mom my sister i was planning to go to italy but on that time my company also i suppose all of us we are freezed even we are top managers it was a new experience for us But each day I was trying to discuss about something with my team, just to ask questions, where are you? What are you doing? And it wasn't so easy because a lot of people didn't understand what we are going to do. A lot of people really waiting for it will finish soon. It's not true. Maybe somebody made a mistake and everything will be okay nearest time. But when we understood that, okay, Act, partly, activity of the company is stopped because some of our businesses are located in uh, east of Ukraine. Of course, we stopped all our processes. First, what I was thinking, okay, maybe I need to find a job. I received already and I read a lot of information about this special status of temporary protection which European countries gave us. I have a lot of friends who are living abroad and my sister also. I do understand that it's not so easy experience. But like one of my friends say, don't mix migration with tourism. And in my case, we understood that we are refugee. One day you just realize that you're a refugee. It's a person to go out, to leave your home, to leave everything and to go to save your life. I must say it was really difficult to realize that I am refugee. But when I was talking with myself, I understood that I wouldn't like to be just a very simple refugee. Of course, I understand that I am not in my country anymore. I am a stranger. I am a foreign person. But since the first days, I decided that I would like to be useful, not a citizen, but a useful human for the country which will accept me. On that moment, a lot of my friends sent me messages, even they didn't send me messages for the last three or five years. All of them, they asked, okay, first question, are you safe? Are you protected? Where are you? If you need to come to me, the door is open. I really appreciate all my friends and all people I know who suggested it to me. Step by step. I stabilized my situation. Of course, my friends really play a very important role because each time when I was thinking, okay, which step next I should do, I was feeling support. I was trying to buy some food, for example, when I was staying with my Polish friends. They told me, Lila, please don't spend your money. You should keep everything for yourself because you don't know what will happen tomorrow. It was a moment... When I just also have to learn how to accept this help. Usually it's difficult for me to accept that people are doing a lot of things for me, pay, for pay my bills, support me, give me a lot of things. Because I used to be an independent woman. I am working. I made a good career. But it was also a moment when I realized something new in my life, new experience, how to accept this help.
0: I totally relate to that because I've been through that myself. I'm a very self-reliant individual and very independent. When you have to ask for help, it's hard. It's really hard.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but it also was an experience. And um, when I try to discover this legislation, what this status of protection is giving us, I understood a lot of explanation and a lot of people also told me that it's a very good solution for Ukrainians because we are quite equal in our rights with uh, citizens of Western European countries. So this temporary protection status is giving possibility to work. I'm sure if we make a choice to move and if we choose one country to leave, definitely we should be useful for this country and for people who accept you, who helped you, who decided to protect you. A lot of countries really did a great effort to protect Ukrainians. I understand that there are a lot of things from economical situation of each country, but in each country, first reaction of people, it uh, was welcome. You are safe, you are protected, don't worry, We will help you. But, of course, as I told since the beginning, that not only good people cross the border of Ukraine. We have different people, like all people around the world, they are bad and good. For me, there is another category, maybe, because there are a lot of people who just try to use social ads There are a lot of people who just immediately want to start to work. I think it's really important to be resilient for our future and for respect ourselves. It's really important to be not so independent since the beginning because we are really refugees. We need help because we first moved to another country and you have no choice you need to accept it but after that it's a question how do you use this help how do you use this support and what kind of next steps do you make it's very important don't stay in one place in one step you need to move and you need to develop and you need to do something and demonstrate that you can not to just use support to eat the bread just to eat it and that's all Your your
0: journey took you from Kiev to Poland, then you went to Munich.
1: Yes, I wanted to go to Italy, but all my family got COVID. (laughs) It was, yes, difficult. One night before my flight, my sister called me and explained, sorry, my dear, but you should stay maybe in Poland more. Uh, But I wouldn't like to bother my friends because they're amazing, fantastic. Each time I was saying that I would like to free my friends from myself <laughs> in one week. <laughs> so I should decide in which place I am going. Because I also had a ticket <clears throat> from Warsaw via Munich to, to Rome. It's strange, but it was the cheapest flight. I decided, okay, I go to Munich. And after that, I will decide what to do. I have a great friend in Munich. She also explained to me my door are open. She's really great, brave Ukrainian who is one of the example for me because for 16 years she's living in Munich. Uh, She become very well-known person. Now she uh, received a special um, award of Bavaria and she started to to publish the magazine. Now she's taking care of news project. She's really fantastic. Olga Kotlicka. She told me, you can come to me. But taking into consideration that I had this possibility to have one more ticket, lady in Munich airport changed my ticket without any problem. And I went to France to see my friends to deliver the documents I took from their apartments. I spent one week in France with my French friends, family Arden. They also explained, okay, you should stay here and stabilize a bit. It was in the south of France, in Côte d'Azur. It's a very nice place. (laughs) It was great. (laughs) must say it was great for recovery. But, you know, I realized that if I would come to this place before the war, I would have another impression. But definitely we have a trauma we had something not giving us possibility to enjoy the places, people we love, beautiful nature. Something really happened, something broken inside. I hope this ability to enjoy life will come back. But of course, I saw very nice landscape, nature. My friends are also amazing. They pampered me as much as possible. But... Of course, I wanted to see my family from France. I came to Munich because my sister told me that, unfortunately, the test is positive. So, (laughs) family is still sick. I went to Munich and my friend, Olga, welcomed me. And I also spent, I suppose, around 10 days with her. And after that, she found a very nice German lady, Marianne, which welcomed me and explained, stay in my apartments, this is your room, as much as you need, as long as you need. I spent some time when my sister explained, okay, we are healthy, (laughs) you could come, finally I came and saw my family. It was um, uh, Nice, it was Munich, it was Rome. In May, my friends who are producers, they asked me to take the documentary features I created, And they asked me to present it during the Cannes Film Festival, during the Ukrainian pavilion, which is organized each year in the framework of this festival. It was a challenge. Wow, I never (laughs) made the presentation of a documentary feature. But it was also a really great experience because I met really nice people and I, I saw different pictures. I saw how people unite and stand for Ukraine and for Ukrainians. I also noticed that there are some people too far from this situation because they just saw some news and they do not understand is it a conflict and in some months it will be okay. Everybody will shake their hands and they will continue to be friends. I think this shadow of Russia was too big for us because not a lot of people even now can understand that Ukraine is an independent country. Yes, we were part of Soviet Union, but now we are independent and we have a lot of things to be proud of. One more confirmation that we need to do a lot of things to demonstrate our culture, to tell about our history, but objectively accept that we made mistakes historically, that Ukrainian nations has really a lot of subjects to be proud of. We demonstrated uh, the part of documentary feature during the Ukrainian Pavilion, and uh, this feature wasn't finished. It was a raw cut, but but now this documentary is presented already in Ukraine. It's Life to the Limit. It's a new documentary feature. The previous one, Winter on Fire, was nominated in 2016 uh, for Oscar.
0: I highly recommend anyone who would like some sense of the history of Russia, Ukraine, and in particular to touch on the raw, very powerful spirit of the Ukrainian people, see that documentary, Winter on Fire. It's on Netflix currently. I watched it and gained an entirely different appreciation for the unity that exists in Ukraine and the incredible strength of spirit. Now, let's go back to the fact that you left the country, you ended up in Dublin on a contract, and then you went back to Ukraine. When you went back to Ukraine, you're there now, obviously. What did you notice about the spirit of the people? It had all this bombing in the middle of the night and being uprooted so quickly? What has it done to the power of the people's spirit? And how are people maintaining their courage in the face of continued bombing by the Russians?
1: I came back to Ukraine in October, and first impression I had. People are not smiling a lot, like we did before. I noticed empty streets. I also noticed special constructions in the street for protection from the tanks, from different automotive equipment of Russians, because um, I was in Kiev on the time Russians entered Kiev, some districts. I noticed, of course, a lot of military people in the streets we didn't have before in October it wasn't so visible but now when I came again in December it really shocked me very much it's my lovely city my favorite city Kiev is in the dark all streets all shops all buildings are just like watching you by the dark windows and it was like really <laughs> dramatic. In October we didn't have such massive attacks with the drones because it's a new action of Russians. Sometimes we didn't have an impression that we have a war but if you go to the cafe with your friend to take a coffee of course you notice that the only subject people discuss is the war but when you're in this little environment, you do not understand that there is a war. In December, you feel it more because we have often air ride sirens. If you go for coffee with your friends, sometimes staff is coming to you and explain, sorry, we just have to inform you. There is air ride sirens and you should go to bomb shelter. Now a lot of people ignore it. It's good and bad. Not a lot of my friends stay in Kiev now. But some of my friends explain me that if you listen to something really strange, you do understand that you need to go immediately to bomb shelter. But if there is nothing, any sounds, just keep going your actions. Drink your coffee and talk with your friends without any problems. It's also new reality. Sometimes I think we are like robots. We accept it bomb shelter okay we go to bomb shelter we should come back okay we go uh, go back to our offices to our homes just mechanical you just make mechanical actions you've
0: experienced loss through this i'm on the west coast of canada but anywhere outside of ukraine will have heard the news about people being killed what losses have you experienced
1: and how did you work your way through that First Lost, which is really connected to me and really touched me, it's 1st of December. Unfortunately, my great colleague was killed. I saw on TV a lot of dramatical deeds of civilians, of kids, of people. But it's also made a special touch when you lose a person. You were working together. He was one of the directors and we were working closely. He was a very emotional person. Each time he was ready to help you. And I must say that really, we lose um, one of the best Ukrainian. When I received this information, the first reaction, I was crying. It was in the bus going to the city center in Dublin. And my colleague just sent me the message. Do you know these tragic news? I just immediately go out from the bus and call him and explain the tragic news to lack is killed. First reaction, tears, but the next reaction, okay. My brain tried to maybe find the last hope. I decided to call one more colleague just to be sure that it's not a mistake. And I call him and ask, Is it true? And he told me, Yes, it's true. First reaction after this conversation was like crying and understanding how much hate now we have in our hearts it's difficult to live with it because i am human resources before i had experience to work for human rights protection and i also receive a diploma of mediator i usually prefer to solve all problems all conflicts by negotiations and discussions but in this situation you realize that no negotiations no discussions you just accept that you lose people you just remind a lot of great moments we were working together and projects and we had a lot of plans he was the person who really wanted to go and protect country. He explained that I would like to fight. I would like to fight for my country. I would like to fight for my boys because he has two little sons. I immediately started to look for flights to Ukraine. But Dublin, Ukraine, it's too big distance. The most difficult, the sky of Ukraine is closed. The only one I had at that moment, is to go to Istanbul and from Istanbul to Chisinau. that time, I didn't have a possibility to cross the border with Schengen zone because I had the limit. I spent 90 days. I realized that I will not be in time. The funeral ceremony took place Saturday morning at 12 o'clock, and I will pay to all taxis, and taxi drivers will go fast. I will arrive only at 8 in the evening. So I decided to support the family. I transferred some money to the family. I sent money to my colleagues and asked to buy candles. I was born in the West of Ukraine. We have a tradition if a person is dying or died, we buy a lot of candles for the person to light the road to the heaven. <laughs> On Sunday, I went to the cathedral in Dublin, also buy some candles for his memory. I hope he will be in heaven. I
0: final question for you today what makes you feel most proud about the Ukraine regardless of whether you're inside the country or outside of it when you come back and you feel what's going on in Ukraine
1: what makes you feel most proud? Each nation has some specifics I'm sure and sometimes we have anecdotes which are not so good and which are saying that okay we are like a competitor for each other but In this war, in front of the face of the enemy, Ukrainian nations is united. Sometimes you receive calls from people you never know, you never met, and they ask you about help, you just transfer this information, and it's going on so fast, this satisfaction from the action you are doing. When you realize that you can help people, And you are not alone who is helping. All nations, all people are helping our army protect Ukraine, to defend Ukraine. You do understand that we are a cool (laughs) nation. We have some questions on our discussions and we are not agree with each other. This situation made us stronger and really demonstrates that we are about freedom and we are about protect our families and our lands and our motherland, doesn't matter with which price. When I see some of my colleagues, which are fighting, when sometimes we send each other messages, I really think that our men are the bravest men around the world and our women also, because there are a lot of women in the front. I think this ability to be together, to unite, and to help each other, it's amazing. And also, this is a moment when we try to understand each other better. We maybe didn't realize that all world will support us because in fact, really, all world is supporting us. We are not not talking about only weapons or serious supports with money. It was really touchy when I was coming to the museums. A lot of people do not speak English, unfortunately, but when some people realize that I'm Ukrainian and speak in English, they ask me, oh, could you ask this? Is it a discount for Ukrainians? Because we are not able to pay a lot of money for the visit to this beautiful museum. And immediately what I have heard from the employees of the museum, Ukrainians, you are in our hearts free of charge. It's really so touching. A lot of people are ready to help, to give you help, which is much more important. The psychological support, especially now, is very, very important. And thank you, Donna, for your support, because you are one of the first persons who immediately explained, okay, we meet and we work together. I didn't realize what we are talking about, because I was thinking that I will be only crying. But you gave me a lot of energy and you helped me to come back to myself painting it's very important it was really helpful and i was trying to understand it's okay life is wider and life is of course is life and you shouldn't stop you need to continue to do what you do and what you did before i really appreciate you first of all it's qigong everything you suggested it works sometimes we need to ask about help really and in such moments such difficult moments to ask advice little things but they really help us to come back to our quite normal life or routine which will stabilize thank you beautiful anything else you want to add I think for people who are in a difficult situation, it's very important to realize that we have a lot of great humans around us. And you just need maybe to share some little maybe story or just ask about help, and you will have it and you will have more than you ask. But of course, I have a theory that what you spread, what you share with this world, you will give back would like to say thank you to all my friends who was helping me, my Horgan family, my Irish host family, really brave Irish women who organized a special organization Home for Ukraine. They are helping um, Ukrainian refugees to stabilize their situation. I also would like to thank my friend Ruth Boyman. She's American. I suppose she called to all world help Lila <laughs> with the message. And I also appreciate Irish people who was accepting us. So they opened the door for strangers. They never met us, but they opened the door. Joanne Lynch, Catherine Griffin, Jerry Asher, Paula Hanna. So it's the people I really appreciate uh, to say thank you. And the HR community in Ireland, company Work Juggle, which organized immediately for Ukrainians. Little meetings, really helpful for Ukrainians, how to update their CV resume and how to find a job in Ireland, for example. And of course, my favorite coach, uh, Donna Jones, (laughs) (laughs) helping me to come back to my normal life and to remind that life is not only war. Life is something more and it's possible to be strong. It's possible to be weak but it's possible to stay human and continue and develop your life like you want, even in such conditions.
0: So beautifully said. It's been obviously a real privilege to be a part of your journey. Lilia. there's no question about that. And the reason why we did this video was to give people a feeling that no matter what you're facing in adversity, whether it's war, having your entire home and everything pulled out from underneath you with little notice, Whether it's recovering from COVID, it really doesn't matter. It's the shift into building your inner strength, using it to develop your resilience, using it to, as you said, come back to yourself. I thought that was a beautiful way of putting it. It's that whole question around who am I and why am I here? And how do I use the situation that I'm in to become better at being human, but also at really working with these tough conditions, because that's what makes you both strong and resilient. And be strong of spirit as well in communities. I think more than ever, we're in a place where compassion for each other is so important and so critical. And it obviously goes beyond us to all species, all creatures of the world. But it starts in the middle of adversity because that's where we're challenged to touch it. You're listening to the Inspirational Insights Podcast. My name is Donna Jones, your host. My work largely dwells in the area of facilitating emergence and transcendence, working through the tough stuff, moving through it so that we can become better as a species, more conscious and more caring about this incredible planet we live on, which of course includes healthy workspaces as well as care and compassion toward others and all species. The next episode will be the the journey of someone who was captured in Ukraine, and that's because it illustrates transcendence. It illustrates how do you move through very difficult stuff and come out better for it, not that you would ever want to embark on something like that, but because you have it, you've experienced it, how do you move through it? At a time when mental health is at a disturbingly high rate, we have the opportunity to guide ourselves through it. And to do it in such a way that we understand and hold compassion for ourselves, for others, and for all creatures. Connect on LinkedIn. My website is dawnajones.com.
1: Thank you for joining me.